0: Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some ways you can cut some costs on your route and pass some costs on to your customers so that you can maximize your profit, especially with this inflationary era in the pool industry. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And I think it's kind of been beaten to death here that the pool industry has inflated prices as far as chemical costs. And you could say somewhat on the equipment end of it. And it's something we've been dealing with since COVID-19 hit and all the, everything went kind of crazy. And I think it's something that is unfortunate because the price is being stable, really helped the industry. I think everything is up everywhere. Just about, I mean, if you look around, you, you go to the grocery store, eggs have, have increased 70% in price since last year, which is pretty insane. And it's kind of like what we were paying for with the chlorine. We've had actually hundred percent increases in a lot of products in our industry, so how can you mitigate this? A lot of people are always thinking, well, if I get, you know, if I can save some money here, it's something that I could really help my bottom line with. You know, if I get a truck that uses less gas or if I do this and that, and that does make some sense in, in, in some respects, getting a truck that doesn't waste so much gas, but it doesn't cost you an extra $400 in payments just to switch vehicles and save money and gas. You can see that that's not logical. And people don't look at it that way. I remember I had a neighbor here one time and they had a Suburban and for some reason it needed something done on the front end and it was like 2500 bucks to get the front end fixed. And she said something that I thought was pretty silly. She said, "Well, that was a lot of money to get that fixed." And so I just turned it in to the dealer and I just got this new one here and I'm making payments on it and I'm thinking, you know, that's like four car payments worth of of the of that for the 2500. But people don't look at it that way. They don't look at it logically. So I would say the least of your worries is your vehicle. If you're getting 12 miles per gallon and you want to get a smaller truck, you're going to pay more for that, of course, because maybe your truck doesn't have as much value as the other truck that you want. I mean, if you could do an even swap, that may make sense if that's possible. If you can sell your truck for 20000 and buy another one for 20000 that's not a bad idea. But then again, it's one of those things where there's other factors like your insurance, different vehicles have higher insurance costs. It's really funny that my Honda Ridgeline that I have now cost me less on insurance than my Nissan Frontier. And I asked my agent, why is that? Why is the Honda cheaper than the Frontier, even though the Frontier was older? And she said that the Honda Ridgeline doesn't have a lot of accidents. The Hondas are are one of the safest cars out there, whereas Nissan is not the most, I guess, safety rated vehicle. And the frontiers, there's a lot more of them out there. And so those are factors to think about. So let's say you do an even swap and you save money on gas, but then your insurance may go up or your car registration may go up, especially if your truck is older. So I say stay away from thinking that you can save money on your end. To me, it's a wash mainly because you're trying to fix a problem by doing things that just aren't logical in most cases. It's like buying a Tesla to save money on gas because you're tired of putting gas in your car. So you buy a $58,000 Tesla, you get rid of your whatever you're driving and you don't have to get gas anymore. So you're saving, I don't know, four or $500 a month. How long would that take you to get to the price for the Tesla? Plus you gotta charge it, you gotta plug it in. So these are all things that I think people think about They try to cut costs on their end, but in the end, it's really not the way to go because you can only cut so much. You can only kind of switch so many things out. So the other end of the coin and the other thing you should be doing is passing the cost on to your customers. It's one of those things where it's hard for us to realize, and I think it's the new normal, that prices have to go up every season. And is there a point where you're going to get where you can't raise prices anymore? I don't know because everything's going up the inflation rate is still pretty high. And as long as everything else is going up in price, your pool service can definitely go up in price in conjunction. I mean, just look at the average new car payment. It's gone up from the year 2020, where it was like around 550, I think, or 580. Then 618 in 2021. And in 2022, the average car payment is $700. So people are just used to paying more. And of course, if you bought a house in this last past year, you actually are spending forty percent more than someone who bought a house two years ago because of the interest increase and the price increases. So it's something that's normal. Everything costs more money. And if you go all the way back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we had the last recession. Everyone was panicking, and it was really bad. It was there was a lot of unemployment, so it was a little bit different than it is now. But the average car payment back there was like four hundred bucks, and then the average pool service was eighty five or maybe $90 in my area. So it hasn't gone up tremendously. It's not like the price of pool service is actually going up above the rate of inflation. I think it's actually been one of those things where it's been hard to raise rates over the years. There wasn't anything that we can point to. I don't think it's just that we didn't raise rates often. Companies didn't raise rates often. There wasn't a real need to. And so people didn't raise their pool service rates. We just kind of kept everything the way it was which is probably not the smartest thing to do, but it's something that happened and we're kind of suffering a little bit for that as an industry, but now everyone's expecting a price increase. So there are certain things you can pass on to the customers. I mentioned in another podcast about itemizing all the chemicals. That's a headache for a lot of people and that's hard to do hard to implement, but for sure you should be passing on the cost of the trichlor tablets to your customers. You should not include that in your service. That should be something that they pay for outside of service. Whatever the retail price is, if you want to give them a little break on it because you get a little bit better price wholesale, go ahead and do that. But they should be paying for the 50-pound bucket of tablets or 35-pound bucket of tablets. You should not pay for that, and it should be one of those things where that's something that you're not paying for at this point because that's really something that you can't float, and it's going to be something that's going to really hinder your profit, as long as the prices stay inflated as they are, I think that cost definitely needs to be passed on to the customer. Now, if you don't want to itemize all the chemicals because it's too much for you to do that, and customers, of course, don't pay much attention to the pool service bill, they don't look at it, open it up, and see a different amount all the time. I know in my case, I have to remind people when I email them the invoices. That, hey, there was a balance of this due last time and you probably didn't look at the bill, which happens all the time. So these are things to consider if you wanted to move to itemizing everything that may be a little painful for you to do. But for sure, charge them for the tablets. Another thing you can do to actually increase your income. Now, this is more work on your end and something you may not want to do because of that. But the manufacturer does recommend filter cleanings more often than the industry standard which is every six months in my area. If you have a D filter or a four quad type cartridge filter on your route, we usually go six months in my area in between cleaning those filters. However, if you want to do it every four months, that would give you one extra filter cleaning charge a year, which, of course, you should be charging for the filters outside of your service. That should not be included. Now, I know in Florida, some areas they have the single bullet cartridge filters. you got to find some way to incorporate that into your service rate, because, you know, you're cleaning it more often than here. But if you're on the West Coast or if you're in Florida and you have full-size filters, you should be charging them separately to clean those. They take time. They're not part of the service, and I would say that if you are including the filter cleaning in your service, you should, of course, take that out and charge them separately for the filter cleaning to maximize your profits out there. If you look at any other service industry, they really charge you mainly for labor and then they itemize everything else for you. Now, it's easier for them because they're not doing a monthly billing. It's not going to change every month. But just, for instance, my pest control company, whenever I need something extra done, it's always going to be an extra charge, either for the time and labor or for the product. I had a unit. It's kind of weird, but they had rats that got into the wall. They came into the garage. It took a while to figure out how they got in. And so these uh, rats were actually living in the walls of the house, which I think is common. And so I had to get my exterminator out there to do that. Initially, it was a $500 service call to find out where they came in from. Then they charged me to seal it. Then they charged me three months to put the traps out, check the traps every two weeks. And then they also charged me for a final inspection. So all that came to, I don't know, $1,500, $2,000 for that. But it was all itemized. It was all added on. And I think any business that doesn't do that... Is losing money, I respect that. I mean, it's time is money, and I'm going to pay for that. And in your pool service business, doing the filter takes extra time, and it should not be something that you include in your service. Now, if you have employees, you may be saying, Well, I like to include it that way, I don't have to worry about um, you know itemizing things. But I think it's better if you just take it out of the invoice, charge your customer for the filter cleaning, and to just play, pay your employee some money as he does the filter cleaning so it takes him time. Also, to do that part of the job. So, whatever your going rate is, I'll just keep it simple. And let's say that you charge $100 every time you clean a larger filter. And if you do it twice a year, that's $200 for that account. But if you do it three times a year, that's another $100. let us say you have 60 accounts, so that's an extra $6,000 a year. And that's from simply going from filter cleanings every six months to every four months. And again, the manufacturers do recommend you clean the filters more often. It's better for the pool, it's better for the water quality and you can just explain to the customer that the manufacturer recommends more filter cleanings for your safety and for water clarity, whatever you want to say to the customer. but you can add six thousand dollars a month to your to your income without having to do anything weird like changing trucks or you know going with a all electric truck, I guess or something like that. You just add money. On the other side, and don't make cuts on your end, another service that a lot of pool companies didn't implement and are trying to implement now, and they should implement this, is salt cell cleaning, and this is something that takes time also. You know, when you get to a stop and you have to clean the salt cell, you have to stop everything, you have to turn off the equipment, you have to clean the cell, wait 15 minutes for it to be finished. This all takes time and effort, and you should charge for salt cell cleanings on your route, something that should be part of what your customer expects. Again, I mentioned how everything is itemized in another service. You should do the same in your service. So if you have an employee doing it, or if you're doing it, you should charge the customer a fee for the salt cell cleaning. Now, this could be anywhere from $40 to $50, depending, but someone has to pay you for your time and effort to clean that salt cell. Another thing that you definitely may want to do if you have a customer that uses a lot of chlorine in their pool I mentioned taking the tablets out and having that as a separate charge. That's step one. Step two, if you have a high chlorine use pool, you can do a couple of things. One thing you can try to do is convince the customer to go with a saltwater pool. That's something that I think would help with the heavy use pools. You want to put a very large system in, depending on the pool size. If you have a 15,000 gallon pool and it's getting a lot of use, I would definitely put a 40, one that's rated for 40,000 gallons or at least 35,000 gallons so that you know you're going to be able to produce enough chlorine to sanitize that pool, and definitely try to convince them to go with a salt system. If not, then this is a customer that's going to be purchasing a you know 25-pound bucket of Cal Hypo or cases of liquid chlorine, and you're going to bill them for that. Now, you don't have to itemize every customer. Like I mentioned, it may be difficult for you to go to you know one of those systems where the customer pays for everything, but certain pools, you can definitely... Build them ahead of time for the chlorine usage, and this is something that's easy to do on those accounts. And you shouldn't have too many of these heavy-use pools. If you have more than three or four of them, then you may have a problem, and these accounts may need to be dropped. And I think dropping pools that cost you time and money is a way to save money. I mean, if you had a pool that takes you 45 minutes to clean, maybe because there's leaves everywhere, or they they really kill the pool and use it a lot, and so every time you get there, you got to shock it, brush the algae, get it back running, backwash the filter maybe. This is time consuming. You may want to replace that with two pools that take you 20 minutes to clean. No one uses the pools. Those are my favorite accounts where the customer has them as a decoration. And this is what you want to replace that one 45-minute pool with, or two pools that no one uses. And you can go in and out of those pools pretty quickly. So there is something to be said about dropping pools that are a problem and putting better pools in this place. But that comes when you get bigger. If you're starting out, you're taking every account you can get, and you're going to drop these pools later. But if you do have one of these accounts now where they're using a ton of chemicals, and you're always adding liquid chlorine to the pool, at that point, the customer is going to have to pay for the chemicals because you're losing money. And I know some people say, well, it evens out because I put four gallons of liquid chlorine in this pool, and I went eight pools without putting any chlorine in. So I think it evens out. But And to be honest with you, it doesn't really work that way anymore. Maybe when chlorine was $1.50 here, a gallon. I know in Florida, it's still pretty inexpensive for liquid chlorine. But in California, it's not. And tablets are not cheap either. So before, when it was really inexpensive, that kind of thinking may have worked because you're not really too worried about the cost. But now everything is inflated. So you have to really focus on the cost the customer is paying When you go to a burger place, they always charge you, you know, 35 cents or 50 cents for ranch dressing. I just had, I just ordered pizza recently for a group and they charge for every single thing that you add on to the pizza, the cheese, the, you know, any kind of dressings you want, any marinara sauce. And it's just a sign of the times. You know, everyone needs to charge for everything. No different in your business. You know, I think people are used to that and it's something you're going to have to get used to doing. There are no freebies anymore out there. And so if you have a customer using a lot of chlorine, they should actually pay for that. And last, there is something you can do on your end to really increase your revenue. And I mentioned at the beginning, you don't want to be trading out your truck to save a little money on gas. But one thing you probably want to be investing in, and you can get any of these vacuum systems are good. The bottom feeder, the riptide, the hammerhead. I'm not sure if you can find the power vacuum unit anywhere anymore. I've heard inklings that no one can find it. I called them. They said, oh, they're three months out on their shipping. I don't know exactly what's going on over there. But if you buy a vacuum system, you can actually take on accounts that normally would pass on. You can get through your day quicker because these things are pretty awesome as far as time saving. And if you can save time on a pool and get through that, get through your route faster, you can, of course, add one or two more pools. So there are some investments in equipment like a vacuum system that will help you make more money. And without cutting, I don't think you should be cutting things. Like if you stop for lunch, of course, not somewhere like, you know, Chili's or Applebee's every day. But if you're stopping for lunch and spending, you know, 6 or $8, I guess you can't even spend $6 on a lunch anymore. But let's say you stop twice a week for lunch and you spend 20 bucks a week. You know, that's uh, $80 a month. That's not a huge thing. And if you feel like, well, I got to cut that out because I want to save money, I think you should be thinking of adding things instead of cutting Cause that's kind of like something you like to do. And I wouldn't recommend cutting things unless you really have to, you can add things, you can add charges for your customers. You can do a yearly conditioner charge for the customer. You can do a yearly algaecide charge for the customer. And this adds up over the, over the amount of pools you're doing. I mean, something simple like this, you know, for my rental property, I raise everyone's rent $25 a year. doesn't seem like a lot of money, $25 a year. But across the months that they pay me and across the units I have, that's like three or $4,000 a year extra just by that $25 increase every year in the rent. So these little things do pay off over the course of your route. And if you have 80 accounts and you're charging everyone a $40 conditioner fee, that's $3,200 you're making there in that month. So these things do work out mathematically. It may seem like a small amount, but when you do it over the course of all of your customers, it does mathematically make a lot of sense. And if you do it consistently year after year, that's going to pay for a lot of things without you having to cut back on anything. If you go to your local burger place, they don't cut back on anything. Everything still looks the same to you. They just raise the prices and you're paying for that. You don't go to the burger place and there's no napkins anymore or they don't clean their windows. That's just not how you operate a business. And the same thing with you. You're not cutting things out of your budget. You're adding things that increase your income. And you're passing the cost on to the customer. And that's how you stay in business. And that's how you run a successful business. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find them on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu. And from there, you can listen to over a 1,000 podcasts I have recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.